0: All right, welcome to the BFR podcast presented by Sports Mockery. We are here a little bit after, a day after, to recap just the Bears versus Colts. It's going to be a fun one. We are going to have a very special guest today, uh, James Boyd. He's going to kind of help us recap the game, but more importantly, he's going to kind of give us an in-depth analysis of Justin Fields from a different perspective, just from the Colts' sidelines, kind of what he saw unfiltered, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited, but Vicky, man, Uh, how was your saturday um before we get in the game
1: it was good you know um not as exciting as a game you know what i mean because you know like almost everybody was out but you know still some great stuff that we could talk about and i'm glad we have james boyd from the athletic who covers the colts so i think it should be fun to hear his perspective because obviously we only get our side we have our bears tinted glasses on i like to say so we you know it's it'd be nice to see like is the goods as good as what we have been hearing and are the bads as bad as what we've been hearing, you know? So it'll be good to get his perspective.
0: Absolutely. And we'll have him here. He's coming in here in probably just a few minutes um, to kind of get that perspective uh, before we kind of hop in uh, and bring him in. What, what are some of your takeaways, just some quick points just for Mr. Who's yeah. like the rise and who's a faller um, uh, from last night's game?
1: Well, I won't, it's not necessarily a person, but I'll say a position punt return you know with the we saw the muff punts with valus right or as the as the colts i don't know if you saw this during the telecast but they they put dayless jones so um as as dayless or valus been muffing punts we don't have someone back there and then dante pettis now he did do punt returns last year he you know he didn't muff any punts but boy when he catches the ball like you're getting like a yard or or so so it's still interesting to see who's going to be back there because we saw Tyler Scott, the reports were for him, our boy, he, he had some muffs and he's a rookie. So it's like if it's not Valus and, you know, Tyler was below Valus, or are we just stuck with Dante? And does that mean Dante makes the team? Obviously, he's the punt returner. So that'd be interesting. Does that knock ESB, you know, uh, equanimous EQ? Out of the fifty-three man roster, so that's my first uh, real big uh, point. And then my second one is that, again not really a person, but a unit. And there really wasn't much pass rush. Right? We saw some good things with Ty- uh, Terrell Smith, so I think he's going to make the team. He had a beautiful strip sack again. I think he's had like three sacks and two in the past two games. So I think he's definitely making the squad. But like we didn't see that breakout like with Gibson. It just didn't seem like there was really much, especially in the first half. The second half could be a different story. But what about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of. We'll, we'll get into this more in depth after the interview with um, uh, James. But for me, quick off the bat, it was Roshan Johnson. I thought he had a very impressive um, day. Just obviously, he got a lot of carries, but just the way he kind of kind of explodes. He's faster than you think. He reminds me of David Montgomery a lot, but maybe just a little yeah. bit faster. And I hate to compare him because Montgomery's done a lot in this league. He's, he's produced at a very high level. Um, and so we have to see it from Roshan at this at this stage, and um, again at this level. And then um, our backup quarterback, obviously, that's a hot topic oh, yeah. right now. Um, ha- First of all, I want to make sure I'm saying his name right. Tyson, Be- Be- what is it? No,
1: Beijing. Be- Be- I think I was Be- saying Jin. it wrong last week, but I think it's Beijing. Okay, yeah, I'm hearing a
0: couple said. different. Yeah, I'm hearing yeah. a couple different ways. So. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna call him Tyson. I I really like what I'm seeing. I, I cannot wait to kind of go into the all 22, and we're gonna have a fun stream uh, later this week to kind of go and recap it all um, with you guys. So we're excited about that. But those are my two risers. I really think there's a competition at the quarterback spot for that number two in the depth chart, and I just can't wait to see kind of what what um, comes away with that. What, yeah, what do you he, think about what do you think you know, about Justin say, Fields? Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, uh, I was gonna say to go off your your comment about Tyson. I I mean, yeah, he. On paper, like what we've seen so far, right? It, it makes sense he'd be QB two, right? He's outplayed P.J. Right. Walker, right? Like he just has, and I think everyone agrees. The thing is, though, as a backup quarterback is a lot of times they want someone who's experienced just with NFL games. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Because remember, I think P.J. Walker has a $4 million deal, $2 million guaranteed, which isn't a, a, a lot, right? But – Hit they did invest money into him. They did, he's technically a free agent signing. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see because I don't think we would bring three onto the roster. And if Tyson hits the practice squad, and if you don't know how the practice squad works, is basically I think there's like 13 13 people uh slots you can put people in, and then basically you other teams can basically pick from the litter. Right. So like we can pick someone from someone's practice. God, they can pick from ours. So I feel if he hits that, there's no likelihood that he's going to stay there. So it's like, how do you secure that? We, you know, secure someone that we drafted or or I think he's a UDFA. Right. But, um, uh, we brought in that now can be like that development quarterback, which we haven't seen in years. We pace never did that. No, he barely drafted a quarterback. So I think he should be QB two. Based off what I've seen, but again, I'm not a coach and I don't have as much information, but I could definitely see why they would, if he's not QB2, I could see why they put him three because of the experience he has. You're on mute. You're on mute, Dave. Sorry. You're on mute. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm, I'm going to keep doing that for a while. Uh, anyways, we have James here, so we're going to go ahead and table this conversation. We'll talk more about just our risers and fallers, some other kind of tidbits from the game. So we're excited about that. But, uh, Ficky, you want to go ahead and get the overlay for James, and I'll bring him in? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. All right. So we have James Boyd of The Athletic, Colts reporter. uh, James, first of all, how are you doing? Thank you so much for hopping in with us.
2: I'm doing good, obviously. Um, It's a little weird still watching the Bears, growing up as a Bears fan. So uh, it's fun to kind of walk again. So, yeah. Did you say you uh, grew up a Bears fan? Yeah, so I'm from oh Illinois. Grew up as a Bears fan. It's a little bit easier now to be neutral, unbiased, because I've been in journalism for about five years at this point. But it's still funny because whenever the Bears come to town or the Colts have anything to do with the Bears, I've had this on my phone. And I'm like, I don't cover the Bears, I cover the Colts. So when you're asking me <laughs> about, you know, like third and fourth, you know, depth chart guys, I'm like, I'm not sure. I haven't watched that guy. But obviously, I kept a close eye on Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well th- speaking of Justin Fields, you were there joint practices. You got to see everything. Um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Richardson. I'm happy for the Colts. I think he's going to be great. But I want to kind of get your insight on um, both Anthony Richard Richardson and Justin Fields. What did you see? What did you like from Fields? Um, and then what did you not like?
2: Yeah, I think with Fields, I liked when he was just decisive. When he was decisive, he was you know pretty unstoppable. You know, had some red zone scenarios and red zone sessions where he was just on fire him and dj Moore especially and that looked promising but i thought that when they got to 11 on 11 and where he ran into troubles when he held onto the ball too long which is obviously something that chicago bears fans and analysts and writers have talked about you know why are you holding it so long so there was one play in particular i was watching it he rolls right doesn't have anything i'm like all right just throw it out or throw it in the dirt or you know check down slings it back across his body, across the middle of the field, gets tipped by um, Nick Cross, cold safety, and intercepted. And I'm like, that's not something you can do, you know. But, again, when it wasn't that, when he just made, I believe, or, or took what the defense gave him, rather, a lot of it turned out really well for the Bears and in favor of them. So I think that that's what he has to focus on. He got, He's gotten better at it, I think. And Again, I'm not watching him every single game, every single practice, but from what I saw last year to just throughout training camp this year, I do think he's making strides in the right direction.
1: Yeah, James, and and we doubled down on that because, you know, last year he kind of had the home run to check down mentality, which, you know, is great for highlight reels, but when it's like, yo, there's... We just need three yards here. You know what I mean? Just, just drop it off. So I think coming into this offseason, our biggest thing was like, you know, we want to see some of that short to mid intermediary throws. You know what I mean? Some of the, the easy stuff. You can We know you can hit the home run, but when you just need a single to send the guy from third home, let's just get that single. So I remember um, the there was a practice. I don't think you were at this one because it wasn't the joint one this week, but where he was just checking down, checking down, checking down, and Twitter kind of blew up because – Bears fans were like, Well, where's these deep passes? Where are these deep passes? And I'm like, Yo, this is we know we can hit those. This is this. I'm more excited that he's dropping it off to Cleo Herbert for three yards. You know what I mean? So it's good to hear from your perspective because we kind of heard that those reports, but it's good to hear that we're seeing more of those decisive decisions on some of those shorter plays, giving what you said, giving what the defense gives you.
2: Yeah. And also, I didn't realize how big he is. I was kind of waiting to see how big he is in person because everyone's freaks out here because Anthony Richardson is you know, 6'4", 250, <laughs> built like an alien. I played basketball with him at the YMCA a couple weeks ago. Um, he just randomly showed up, and that was, like, playing against, you know, Thanos or something like that because he first played <laughs> an alley-oop, and he just re- reverse dunks it, and I'm like, wow, this guy's super athletic. But Justin, they're standing side by side. He's not too far off from him. He, he's a very good athlete. Obviously, you all know that. But, you know, I think that when he uses just the, like the up top, the up here, the brain – um he's at his peak i mean he knows he's a great athlete we've seen that he's shifty all those things but if he can get to the point where he's making you pay by not even having to use his legs and not even having to hold on to the ball um obviously that helps longevity for his career helps him stay healthy and helps the team and then like i said with dj moore i think that he was the perfect compliment to add to uh that offense to what justin fields needs and um i believe it was asked this the other day you know how many yards well, Justin Fields have this season, you know, I think the prop line would be like a 2,800 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he'll smash that because they've got 1,000 from DJ Moore. I mean, he looked <laughs> a true wide receiver one, man. And no disrespect to Mooney and others, but I just feel like even Mooney looked better in a, like a, in a different role where he's not relied on to be a wide receiver one. Because to me, he isn't. That is a knock on him. But in that wide receiver two, three role, he looks much better. And I thought the offense, again, looked good when they weren't just him and Han and holding the ball and second-guessing himself. So just get rid of it quick. You know, make the easy throws. And then sometimes you just don't have a throw. So just yeah. throw it away and live to fight another down.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. Um, last night's game. Ahead. Sorry, real quick. I just want to bounce off this. Last night's game, since there weren't a lot of starters playing, it reminded me so much of what Fields had last year. Because basically those weapons that were in there were, Was what Fields had, and that's why he ran for eleven hundred yards. So I'm with you, James. It's like, yo, I don't need you running for a thousand. Hopefully, (laughs) you know, a good chunk of that gets taken up by DJ Moore and passes down the field. So I hope I hope you're right on that. I'll I'll definitely take the over on the 28.
0: (laughs) Me too, me too. I'm excited you mentioned DJ Moore. I think a lot of us are really excited about that. Just that combination, that duo. Um, I want to kind of touch on Anthony Richardson real quick. What are, what have you seen in camp that has impressed you? Like, are you, is he as advertised? Are you excited? Do you think he's going to be able to kind of make that a big leap in year one, or you think it's going to be kind of like a slow transition for him?
2: Man, I don't know. That's the tough (laughs) part, right? And I believe the Colts, assistant general manager, Ed Dodds, he said it best after the draft. He's like, he's a blue chip player without the resume. Like he has all the stuff you can't teach. When you look at his tape you see the highlights you're like oh my gosh this guy's incredible and then he didn't have like an all-american season he wasn't you know a heisman candidate or anything like that like justin fields was he didn't come from a very big like powerhouse program now Florida's good obviously but they haven't been like you know tim tebow good in the number of years so i think with him a lot of it just comes down to can he learn to do the check downs the intermediate throws and stuff like that because he has all of the wow factor that you can, you know, bottle up and put into one person. I mean, everything he does looks easy. I mean, he just runs easy, throws easy. Um, You know, even in the preseason opener last week, um, because he didn't play last night, but in the preseason opener, he like, you know, first run of his NFL career, drops back, you know, defensive end grabs an ankle, he just rips out of that. Nope. I mean, the guy's 260, he just rips out of the guy's, you know, ankle tackle and, and then goes and lowers, sort of runs up a cornerback. And so I'm like, man, this guy's an alien, but, to me, the consistency is key in the timing. You know, sometimes his timing is off. He um, doesn't make bad reads. I think people have kind of overstated that or kind of over-exaggerated it. It's not like he's out there just throwing it anywhere. It's usually because it's a little bit late, probably because he just hasn't seen an offense like that or he's used an NFL um, offense. And also, it's learning and remembering that you can't do Superman stuff that you did in college in the pros. Like he had a pick right. early in the preseason game, a preseason opener, where he dropped back. I believe there was a miscommunication on the route. But instead of just throwing it away he kind of just tried to force it and i'm like that doesn't work you know it works in the sec maybe but not here in the nfl so he seems to be shouldering all the pressure all the spotlight pretty well i think the team itself feels more pressure than him but he's been you know pretty cool just throughout everything and a very humble dude so um it's exciting to see him but i tell you he does something every single practice where you're like that's why they picked a number four
1: right yeah i, I saw jim Jim Ursay on the on the telecast last night said they would have picked him if they had number 1. Now yeah, I don't, I don't know, know about
2: that. I don't know about that. Yeah,
1: that see that I was going to ask you if you, if you felt that way cuz I was like, all right, Ursa. I mean, you be saying I mean, some wild shit sometimes, but I'm like, eh, I don't
2: <laughs> I don't yeah, know about that one. It's it's easy to say that now, right? Because you didn't move up cuz yeah. in my opinion it's like, all right, what are you missing about Bryce Young that others didn't because I mean, what are you getting from Bryce Young that, that others didn't? Because, again, Bryce Young was looked at as a number one quarterback pretty easily. I mean, there was a heavy discussion among Bears fans and Bears writers and reporters that I talked yeah. to, like, are the Bears going to consider taking him and moving on from Justin Fields? So, uh, obviously, knocking on him as his size, but, no, I, I, I don't know if that's something that I truly believe because – actually, I, I know this because when Shane Stockton got initially hired and we're talking about, hey, you know, you got to – quarterback coach are you guys going to draft a quarterback we all assume so and in, in that first press conference jim says is like you know we don't know what we're going to do yet but the alabama guy looks pretty good he did not see that florida guy so uh, you know it's a little you can never know but I, i'm just i don't know i feel like that's just saying Thing's something it sounds good now yeah i mean but at the end of the day though i do think like they feel very good about their pick and yeah here in indy they just hadn't had an answer at quarterback for forever you know since andrew luck retired they kept rotating quarterbacks out you know they had Phillip Rivers, he retired, Matt Ryan, you know, Carson Edwards, I'm sorry, Carson Edwards, um, Carson <laughs> Wins. I'm sorry, I'm a basketball guy. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think that they feel like if we hit on this guy, we're good for the next 10 or 15 years. And if he does hit, not only do you have a franchise quarterback, you probably have a top five guy in the league, given how dynamic he is as a runner. Like, I don't think he's as shifty as Justin Fields, but his straight line speed is unbelievable. Like, if he makes you miss, he's gone. I know, think he's,
1: 40, he had a faster 40, I think, than Fields. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like, not the exact same of game speed, but still, like the dude is fast and he's huge. It, so. it,
2: it's it's different. I, I'll tell you that much. I mean, it's just seeing him. I'm like, wow, you run a four three nine forty or four four forty at two fifty, like you know, in the six. And you know, and then we were asking him, he's like, Yeah, I gained some weight. And we we're like, Oh, why'd you try to put on weight? He's Like, oh, I didn't. I just, you know, I'm still growing, I'm only 21. And my body just put one more muscle on top of my other muscles. And I'm like, yes, I don't have that problem. Or (laughs) it doesn't happen to me. So um, I do think this, though, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think that Anthony Richardson has been put in a position to be much more successful than Justin Fields was when he started.
1: Uh, No question. No question. The
2: amount of reps. the, The fact that they're just handing him the keys right now, I feel like Justin Fields' development was delayed because they didn't play him right away. He was, like, taking snaps with Nick Foles and all that type of stuff. And I just didn't understand why no sorry to bring up bad memories but i'm like it's night and day in my opinion although they're like similar quarterbacks
1: no yeah
0: you, you're, you're absolutely good good ahead, Oh, will go fake it go ahead
1: no i'll just say you're spot on spot on and you know not only is it that he has a better like a better setup from the start with the colts but if you look at quarterbacks what in the lottery i guess it's not the nba but like top three picks right the colts have actually done pretty well with their selections (laughs) yeah and then you had manning right us on the other hand (laughs) right you look at our past ones up there which i can't even know other than mitch i don't even know if we had one that oh rex grossman so yeah just proves my point so yeah i think from an organizational standpoint just as a whole he was better i think he you know he's coming in with a new coach as well that's always like a positive because with us it's Mm -hmm. we drafted fields because the, we're trying to save our asses basically like we we know we're on the hot seat so this is like our you know we're, we're just pulling at strings here right? right hopefully we hit on something so it's weird to see like you 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 trade up for someone top 15 and then you make him qb3 his rookie year you don't even make him qb2 that because because yeah. if you talk about reps right qb3 does not get that many reps right qb2 doesn't no. get as much um to one but like three you're not getting much at all so i think as a fan base we view it like we don't count that as his rookie year because really like the year after that really right, was that's right. when he finally got on the field and playing so i think it's good that they gave him i was going to ask you that you answered already but i was gonna ask you do you feel that was good they're like hey this is your team go run it and so yeah I, model it
2: out. I absolutely think so just because it's reps and unlike justin fields and i you know argue to the grave about this The guy wasn't a runner in college. Like that just kind of happened because of what was around him. So people like say, oh, he's a running back. No, he's not. Like he barely ran at Ohio State. And he was very good at throwing the ball. Now he had to speed up his clock, obviously. But like I said, I think that Anthony Richardson is a leg up in that department with or without Jonathan Taylor. Just the fact that he has Michael Pittman Jr., who's a borderline wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, Alec Pierce. They have Josh Downs, a shifty rookie out of North Carolina who's been really good so far. So I think that he has a lot more to work with. And then the offensive line, even though it isn't great, it is not what, you know, Justin Fields is working with or not working with because he was, you know, running for his life most of the time. But I do think that the pressure on both quarterbacks is unique because for Fields, it's like, can I become this franchise quarterback, this top 10, top five quarterback for a franchise that never really had that, you know, when the Bears are winning, even if it was the 85 Bears or the one, you know, the early 2000s or the, you know, when they made it to the 2 roll. It was defense, you know, and can we just have some guy placeholder in there? Now it's like, can you become that first true like playmaker top dog at that position for this franchise? Whereas Anthony Richardson, you're going to the quarterback franchise where outside of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, the Colts have been irrelevant in NFL history. Like they haven't been good since moving to Indianapolis. So um, it's different pressures, but for both guys. But to me, I look at Justin Fields. Anthony Richardson and Jalen Hurts all kind of on like similar paths, but at similar spots. Like Jalen Hurts obviously is like best case scenario. Justin Fields, I believe, is like starting to show something and want to show you more, wants to see more from him. And Anthony Richardson obviously is just, just starting out. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. a good
0: point. So – Amazing points. I, I have a question. I kind of want to shift to the defense side of the ball. Um, how did the Bears defense look to you? What, what any players that surprised you? Um, maybe that you were, you maybe didn't know about, and you're like, wait, who is this? As far as just
2: making plays, I would say it's Stevenson. <laughs> and I say yeah. this because I, mean, I knew he was because I saw him at the combine here in Indianapolis, and I, I might even yeah. ask the question. I can't remember, but there was <laughs> there was a special teams play where. They were going down and I believe uh, the Bears were receiving and Tariq Stevenson just cracks um, Colts cornerback Tony Brown. And again, we're on the sidelines so you can hear a lot more than you would hear on a normal game day. And all I hear is like every single curse word you could ever imagine from both (laughs) sides. And I'm like, is this a rookie? Like, This is the rookie Tariq Stevenson? They're like, yeah, like that's how he is. And so he's super intense, um, super physical. I think that there is going to be a, a humbling stage there because he talks crazy. And I'm like, at some point you're going to get humble because it's the NFL. But I like his energy. I like his, yeah. his feel for it. I thought Eddie Jackson had a pretty good camp, um, really manning that back. end. I think they just made it tough on Richardson because, as you all know, the, the Bears love that like cover two, So they're not going to like make you um, or let you beat them over the top. And so I think by forcing Anthony Richardson underneath, it really made him a little bit rattle. And their pass rush was pretty good, which is um, you know better – than what you saw throughout, oh, i almost say like pretty good, better than what they had, put it like that. Okay. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears pass rush is like, you know, the best in the league, but I do think that they've gotten a little bit better than that, even without and Ngakwe, I believe, participating at all. I don't know. I don't think he was out there. I don't I think, think he did. did. But they did get some pressure on Anthony Richardson, which I thought was promising considering that last year they just had no pass rush at all. And I do think when and Ngakwe does get out there now, I saw him a lot here in Indianapolis. He isn't going to be some great run stopper, you know, isn't all that great and driving back in coverage, but he will get you sacks. I believe there's, you know, death taxes and Yannick Gakwe getting you at least five <laughs> sacks on the season. That's just what he does. I mean, right? for better or worse, you know what you're going to get from him. And so I think that even, you know, be, being reunited with some previous coaches that he had over there in Chicago should help him get reacclimated and just continue because he does get, I mean, a healthy Yannick Ngakwe you could probably pencil in for like eight sacks.
1: Yeah, history yeah. shows he gets at least eight. He's, he yep. gets as high as twelve and as low as eight. So we'll take that because our highest sack leader last year was four, and it was Jaquan Brisker, our, I was
2: like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> our rookie safety. So I mean, when you said when
1: you said that the pass rush was actually getting at Richardson, I know still I'm not expecting it's going to be top fifteen right. in any sort of way, but I was really expecting we're still bottom five. So the fact that we're still, you know, there's some positive right yeah. on that side. That gives me a little bit of hope. So thank you for that. I'll be able to sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> like thank you. That's my biggest concern.
2: No, I mean, so um, it matters. It matters. You got to have a little pass rest there for
1: sure. You have to. You have to. Absolutely. I
0: then. don't even think uh, Yannick yeah, is. I think the, the least amount of sacks is eight. Right. Even his yeah. rookie season, he had eight sacks somehow, yeah. which is awesome. Even when but, he got yeah, even when he got stop.
1: split, even when he got split, the season where he's on two different teams, he got traded. He yeah. literally still had eight. He had yeah. like five and three and That's five I think, or something like that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So. so, James, one player that I think Chicago was very high on, um, outside of like Stevenson, there's a lot of players on the defense that we're excited about. But one is Kyler Gordon. He has that Spider-Man celebration that he does. He's just a, you know, year two. We're expecting that jump. Did you see him kind of pop off at, at, at those joint practices, or you know, was it a little bit more overhype as far as social media goes?
2: I don't think it was overhyped. I think everything is overhyped <laughs> at this point of the year by everyone <laughs> <Yeah. except playing laughs> games, right? But I do think yeah. that he showed some promise. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch him a ton, but I right. thought in the 11-on-11 he had you know pretty good job in coverage. Didn't really have like too many like pass breakups and stuff like that, but a lot of that comes from decision-making, right? I think that when there was the first joint practice, Randy Richardson really threw the ball a lot. Um, his completion percentage was pretty high. I think it was like 15-on-19, 11-on-11. But it was a lot of underneath stuff because a lot of these guys were covering pretty good and forcing him take the checks down, take the intermediate throws. And, you know, when there was a, a couple of throws across the middle, they were forcing him into some bad ones. So I think that he's in a, a good spot now. And I'm not going to say like, you know, he's making the march to Canton, Ohio right now, but um, he's showing some promise. And I think fans always get excited when they see a play here or there. But now for me, I think that he's proven he can hold his own. It's just, you know, when lights come on in a regular season game, can you really do it then is my question. Now, I don't, you know, have any reason to believe otherwise, but, To me, that's the thing with him. Like, you want to see if guys can play early on. I think he's proven that throughout training camp preseason. Now it's like, okay, you know, you've checked all those boxes. Can you just go out there and play the real games now?
1: Well, James, on the flip side then, right, because we've talked about some players that did stand out. Was there any one particular person or maybe it was a unit that you were like, okay, like the Colts are dominating? the bears on the sand or this person is getting burnt every play or whatever it may be
2: yeah no I never really felt like that because I feel like the Colts were going through so much and again I watched most of their offense and I just felt like they're going through so many changes that it didn't look fluid or dominant at very many points even when they did have a couple of touchdowns they had an illegal man or ineligible man downfield so they got called back and things like that so um I, it was hard for me to really discern that but I do think that Again, the Bears are in a much better spot than they were a year ago, both offensively and defensively. And they, you know, they're not going to, in my opinion, and this is just being real. They're not going to go out there and win like 12 games. But to me, if you like, they should be able to make a massive jump from what the three ones they had last year yeah. to, in my opinion, being in that 7 8 range and possibly a little bit more. Now, I'm not, you know, expecting it to be great, make the playoffs, whatever. But to me, this improved offense, you know, uh, an improved offensive line, a better, you know, defensive pass rush and just a better defense overall. Again, not great defense, better defense should help them be in so many more games because I felt like even last year in the games that they were actually in, it was hard to finish it off or get that final blow because you're like so deficient in one area or the other. They definitely affect all areas and for sure.
1: Deficient in all areas, James. Is I'll to be nice. Statement.
2: I'll try to be nice. Rough,
1: we, we lost like, I think it was four or five close games, where it was literally like one play where it's like, oh, wow, if you were just like an average starter, right, in that role.
2: <laughs> so I want to ask, Every... ask you all this. You know, I know it's your shot, but I, I just got to ask. So I was here, obviously, in Indian, Indianapolis, and they played the Texans. You know, Davis Mills drops back, throws his pass <laughs> on fourth and 28, I believe, across Crazy. the field. Roddy right. Thomas and the Colts drops the interception. He goes through his right. yes. hands and the Texans score. Now they're still not like haven't won the game. They're down by one, I believe. At that point, they go for two and win it. Lovey Smith, he might be the most beloved former Chicago Bear at the moment. Still, what was the reaction yeah, like in Chicago from your perspective? Do you all like scream? Did you run around? Like, oh,
1: I was going crazy. I was, go- <laughs> I did, I wasn't, I wasn't even watching the Bears game. I, I told myself, I told myself, week 17, I'm not watching. Fields is not playing. It's like backups in, I don't right. care, right? So I was like, my game is Texans Colts. <laughs> and I was having a heart attack. I think it was the final three minutes because I think the Texans were up even at half yeah. or no. Yeah, the Texans were up at half and then they let the Colts come back. Yep. And then that last one, you know, they marched down and whatnot. And that last play, remind me of actually what we saw last night with Tyree Stevenson, where he threw yes. to the in the end zone, went yep. right through his hands. I mean right? exactly You're in the right place. You know yep. what I mean? And there was two defenders there, too, like for the the Colts-Texans game. And just dotted in. These are the plays where I'm like, yo, if you're the NFL being rigged, right, you're not helping your case here. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) These stories were already written. You're not helping your case here. And then to go for two and get it, like you – I think it was 100% pettiness from my favorite Bears coach of all time, Lovey Smith, (laughs) even before this. Because he knew, like, oh, you guys are not giving me a fair chance. Like, I know I'm not coming back yo, I'm going to, I'm going to F up. <laughs> I'm going to F up <laughs> yeah. your chances here. And so I was, I loved it. It was one of my, uh, I was talking to chat Dave on uh, our, on our Twitter group. I said, it was one of my favorite games of the year
0: <laughs> because it was so exciting. It wasn't I mean, awesome. We didn't win that many games. So it was, it was a fun one. <laughs> I loved it. It just makes you think like everything that had to go right last year for the bears to get that number one spot. Cause you look at that last game, it's crazy. But then you look at the muff punt that cost us one game. Um, I think there's two actually. Yeah, Um, I think it was almost seven close game, one score games. So basically, it was like the opposite of the Minnesota Vikings last year, where the Bears just could not. They just didn't have enough talent to kind of finish out drives, you know. And and Fields was doing everything he could, but at the end of the day, just wasn't enough. But crazy, crazy as far as just landing that number one pick because I don't, we don't have DJ Moore, you know. No,
1: and if we don't have DJ Moore, like it's it it was remarkable to even just. It's so hard to suck for your quarterback to show growth right and your team be guard like the worst team it's very typically if you're the first pick people are like oh we're ready to get another quarterback because you probably didn't have the quarterback you know what i mean so to luck into that if that's what we want to call it uh to get that number one and then you don't have to worry about spending it on such a high value and you can flip it for other great assets fantastic right So Mm -hmm. I, I, that's why I was so excited about it is because I know how valuable in today's NFL, that number one pick is you have to give up the farm for it. So, so that's why it's so big.
2: Yeah. I think the Colts are in a similar position this upcoming season where they want to just see progress from Anthony Richardson at any cost. Like they don't really care. They're not going to say this publicly, but I, if I'm the GM, if I'm the team owner, I don't really care how many games they win. You want to see Anthony Richardson make progress and potentially be in the top five again for the draft because their secondary is really young and experienced, you know, how it is. DBs are all confident, but it's like, ah, confidence can't, you know, win you games. You got to be able to have some experience. I think they're going to struggle in that area and others. But again, if you told the the Colts fans right now, or even the team itself, like, Hey, Anthony Richardson is going to show some progress, stay healthy, and we'll have a top three pick next year. they, They take it in a heartbeat because everyone here, You know, you got the DJ Moore over there. Everyone here wants Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State because of of the fans playing here. (laughs) And and I told them, I was like, I was, you know, telling some fans, I was like, man, they have to be awful. Like, that's how good he is. I honestly think that he's arguably the best player coming out of the draft just by his position. He won't go number one because obviously Caleb Williams and Drake May. But if you're going like pound for pound, position by position, he could be the best player in the upcoming draft and Colts fans would like love to be able to add a wide receiver one immediately on a cheap contract and a guy like that. So we'll see, yeah. but like I said, they're on different paths as far as Richardson, Justin Fields, but they're similar veins. I think of like the same type of athlete, big playability and um just dynamic players, man. Exciting guys to watch.
1: Well, you know, the it's NFL storylines. Oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave.
0: Oh, I was going to say, it's funny you say about Marvin Harrison Jr. because like the bears are loaded up with, you know, draft capital the next year. And if the Panthers are as bad as like, you know, I I think they're not going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be top five or worse, you know, top five, you know, draft pick, but it's definitely possible, especially with Bryce young and those rookie growing pains. I don't think the receiving, um, you know, room is as deep as you know you would like for a rookie quarterback. Definitely not set up like Richardson, in my opinion. So if the bears get, you know, a top three pick and you have, you know, a shot at marvin harrison jr you could that'd be crazy it'd be crazy but i also would love to see him with anthony richardson yeah oh, oh yeah just, they would, that's uh, saying they,
2: they built a statue before he got here
0: honestly. <laughs> his dad was a beast there sure
2: thing, before they got richardson the, the, the joke was like oh they're like tanking for arch manning and marvin harrison jr like just run it back with their you know that's with their dads obviously have so much success here but um like i said i'm excited though because i think this is a big year for justin fields and honestly I think it's a big year for the conversation around quarterbacks in general, because unlike in in the past, you don't really wait that long anymore to see if a guy can develop. Now, Justin Fields has made strides, but he hasn't really, in my opinion, like answered the, is he absolutely our guy going forward question. I I personally think he should be, but that also in my mind, anticipating that there's going to be another jump there. Like if there's another jump, I do think that you have to like, look at it critically like, Hey, you know, how can we continue this or is this enough? But I think that he is going to make a jump this season because he has just more talent around him. And the guy works extremely hard. So um, it's hard for me to picture him just not making any progress. But the key is, like, is it enough to put to bed all the questions about, you know, is he our guy? Because, I mean, to be fair, as you all know, there were rumblings, you know, throughout the draft. Like, is he good enough for the Bears to stick with him? And and to be honest, I think the only reason, not the only reason, one of the biggest reasons they, they stuck with him is because of Bryce Young's size. If he was like 6'3", doing what he was doing, I think they would have took him. And a lot of people would have done the same thing. But um, Justin Fields is is there, year three on the horizon. So um, we'll see what he's got in store for sure. But like I said, 1,000 yards, DJ Moore, book it. Like, you know, bet that. Because, I mean, the guy, (laughs) he was lighting them up in one-on-ones, seven-on-seven, 11-on-11. Was was he the
0: best receiver on both teams, like as far as Pittman goes? Because I know I like Pittman, but do you think Moore is even kind of a –
2: I, I'll probably lean towards more, but I I, I have to say this too. He's, he's in a bad spot because his quarterback has changed every single year. He's going to his fourth season. This will be his fourth yeah. different week one starting quarterback. He had three different starting quarterbacks last year. With you know uh, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, none of them were any good last year. So I think that you know for a guy who caught ninety nine passes last year and didn't crack a thousand yards. Uh, he's productive, but he needs people to just throw it down the field. So I think I'll have a better evaluation of him this year, even with the rookie quarterback, because Anthony Richardson, like no doubt about it, can at least throw the ball down the field. Last year, man, it was very much just dink and dunk and these short passes. And I mean, you do what you have to try to move the chains, but the Colts' offense last year was one of the worst in the league, and they had no big playability without Richardson. But if you're asking me right now today, i probably lean more towards more because I've seen just more production from him, and I think that Again, he's a guy who can just go anywhere and and produce now. Can Michael Pippen Jr. do the same? I'm not sure. And also Moore just has, I think, more separation skills. Um, Pippen's a bigger body, you know, contested catches, those type of things. But I like the guys who are able to just create separation without necessarily having to be bigger um, to do it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's nice. I actually had a question going off of that, though, with uh, Anthony Richardson. Obviously, we know he has an arm. And first off, if you haven't seen that video where he jumps off one leg and (laughs) slings it, bro. It's like a can. He
0: shoots it out of his chest. It still hasn't landed, Vicky. Yeah, bro. (laughs) That
1: thing, he threw that thing so far. So we know he has the arm talent, but the precision is – NFL is a game of inches, especially with that ball placement. Rookie, so keep that in mind. Obviously, we know you know the the accuracy can be improved but is the accuracy at a point where you feel comfortable like as a rookie you're like okay that's or is it more like oh it's really not anywhere where it needs to be we have some lame ducks kind
2: of coming out of his arm things like that do you see concerns there i think the biggest concern i see is when he gets rushed he throws it high because he doesn't get the lower half of his body set so whenever Mm -hmm. he gets his feet set and drives the ball it usually goes where he wants to go now He has to work on his touch because he's got a fastball, and it's like you got to get the curveball, slider, the other. Because he just, I mean, sometimes it's the right decision and it's on time, but he just rips it so hard, and it's like it's a screen pass, dude. You can't like throw it that hard, and they're not gonna catch many of those. But I do think when he misses, it's because he's under pressure and he just kind of uncorks one at a different off-platform angle, and that comes back to bite you because you're not able to get the same amount of torque and the same amount of like precision on your passes. So. That's the biggest thing. Like, he's not missing all over the place. He isn't making, like, horrible decisions. I think it was kind of overstated at Florida because, quite honestly, he didn't have much talent around him. But he has great pocket, you know, presence, doesn't run, doesn't get rattled, and when he gets his feet set, the ball usually goes where it's supposed to go. It's just, you know, again, get the ball down. Because sometimes he'll throw something high, and it's preseason, joint practices, like the Bears aren't going to, like, lap their receivers and stuff like that and vice versa. But I'm like, man – in the regular season, you throw it high and the guy open up his, his rib cage, He's going to feel that because some linebacker is going to hit him. So you got to make sure you keep right. the ball down going forward. And that's something that he's admitted he's got to work on. And, you know, he's steady working at it every day. And the difference between – I talked about this one else with, like, him and Fields and Bryce Young and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like, Anthony Richardson did not grow up going to all these elite camps. He didn't have, like, a personal trainer. He wasn't like this – you know, powerhouse high school football player. He was good, but he wasn't, you know, top of his class, you know, top five recruit like, uh, you know, Justin Fields was or Bryce Young. So a lot of this is still kind of new to him as far as just having like a a quarterback coach. Like he hasn't had a quarterback coach since he was 16 or or 15 or whatever. So, um, and also he's still really young. I mean, there was this, I think Wikipedia had it wrong for a while. We thought he was 21, like around the combine. He was turning 22. He was 20 like during the combine and I turned, I think elite turned 21, like right after he got drafted. So that's there great. was like a month there where he couldn't even like go out and celebrate with a drink or anything because he was 20. <laughs> and, and and so, and then there is some youth to that too, because when we talked to him about his adjustments, you know, it's the first time in his life moving out of Florida. So that's an adjustment. You know, he's got his whole family with him. His little brother goes to local high school around here. So um, all of that is coming along, but I think that uh, he has a chance to be great. It's just, you know, potential is backhanded compliment. You got a lot of it. people love it when you reach it and hate it when you don't. So we'll right. see how it goes.
1: Very boomer bust. And I think that's what people kind of have. I
2: like with it. the, I like the excitement of it. I, I like the, you know, the the gamble, the roll, whatever you want to call it. Because to me, the, the Colts had to rip that Band-Aid off and stop going out and getting, you know, retreaded. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we were. And, and I think last year also humbled them and it made them realize, like, you're not as close as you thought. I think after the JT explosion in 2021 where he's like you know top five running back in the league top five player or whatever and they missed the playoffs it was like oh, okay if we just get a quarterback we can go on a run no last year really showed <laughs> they, you know yeah. had got some big deficiencies in other areas and so it's all quarterback now i mean it's all about the quarterback and there is you know rumblings about jt every day because he isn't he's here but he's not here we'll see right. how that goes but um i mean for the sake of Anthony Richardson, it would help if he had JT in the backfield. I'll say that for sure.
1: Uh, of course, I mean tough adult. to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> does
2: not have, have to deal with
1: uh, oh RPO gosh, with them. With like oh Richardson. my goodness, and yeah, no thanks. And speaking of so speaking, speaking of, of running. Oh, wait a second. Uh, speaking of running, do you, do you could you envision him having a season like Fields did last year, where it's like kind of you know doesn't have. Maybe the line's not as good as what you expect. So this man's yeah. kind of running for his life a lot. Obviously he's athletic enough, and he probably did well. He definitely did way more running in college than yeah. Fields did. So obviously he can do it. Do you do you expect to see that in this offense? Are we expected to see some of those built in more? You know, run plays. I know you're not in the room where it happens, yeah. scheming up the plays and whatnot. But what have you seen
2: during camp? Yeah, Shane Steichen always. Uh, it's like a running joke on the beat. We ask him a question, and he's like, "I'm not talking scheme." And it's like, "All right." So much for that. But um, <laughs> it's obvious that, like, for example, when Gardner Minshew was in there, there were much less read options and RPOs and zone reads than when Anthony Richardson was in there. So I do think they're going to have a lot more design runs. And just that run threat should make life easier on him as a runner and as a passer because you always have to account for that little bit you know, of doubt where, like, could he pull this and run? So I do think we're going to see more of that. I don't think we're going to see a 1,000 yards because I thought what Fields did last year was just incredible, honestly um and again i don't know if richardson is the make you miss type enough like justin fields I, like i said i think justin fields like his juking ability his elusiveness is better than Randy richardson where and richardson it's like it's kind of like put one foot in the ground and just go and like, he can run you over get through the arm tackle get you some first downs that way but he has the end in his speed, but i don't think he has like that you know wiggle to him and quite honestly he doesn't he hasn't needed it most of his life because he can just you know, be stronger than the other guy. I mean, I looked at him sometimes and I'm like, he's he, actually, I looked it up because I got curious. He's like the same exact size as Micah Parsons, like almost identical weights. Identical
1: <laughs> Yo, that's I mean, so big. You're right, and I'm like, he's a
2: quarterback. So it, <laughs> it's insane. Idea. But I don't think we're going to see what Justin Fields did because what he did was special, right? I mean, it was I believe it was a rushing record uh-huh. for a quarterback, and that's not something you're going to yeah. see very often. And, I mean, honestly – for the Colts this second for the bears is you don't want to see it again because if he's running for that much, something went severely wrong in your passing game and your offensive line.
0: Yeah. My question would be, Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I was going to say the most exciting thing with fields is like his running ability is something, his breakaway speed almost. Like if he makes one guy miss, we saw it last year, he he can take it 60 yards Yeah, and he all, he had like three or four of them and he had like two taken away due to penalty or something yeah. like that. But If Fields can still, you know, grow as a passer and still have those big 60 yard explosive plays, I think it's just, it would be so fun to, it'd be something we haven't really seen. Like, obviously, Lamar Jackson's a great runner, but I think the, I think Fields is just a little bit better as far as just that next gear um, and taking it there. But what were you going to say, Vicki?
1: I was going to say a big piece too, I want to see what you, you probably haven't seen because you can't touch the quarterback in all this offseason is a big thing with a lot of Fields' big, big runs is that, some defensive end tries to get him down and he whoop slips off like he's yeah. got petroleum jelly on him and yeah. takes off. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see if because he's we just said this is Michael Park Parsons' size down there. So yeah. Michael Parsons normally doesn't have to try to tackle himself. So it'll be <laughs> interesting to see how many because I, I expect that he's gonna have some big runs where it's like Oh, two or three people tried to bring me down. They got an arm. I slipped off. And then now there's no defensive line pressure, right? Or people think it's a sack and I'm gone for 60. Good luck.
2: Oh, yeah. Up. I mean, the highlight tape is going to be crazy. If you play Justin Fields' highlight tape from last year, just all like the good plays, you think the guy, you know, 10, 20 years from now, you tell your kids, hey, this is this is the best <laughs> in the world, the best player ever. <laughs> because, so I think I expect some of that same sort of magic, Richardson, but also some of the same type of like, oh, my gosh, what were you thinking on that throw or that turnover, even like the fumble and stuff like that. So you want to see him have those moments. But I, I'm, I'm just embracing what I think will come, which will be mm-hmm. the, you know, three touchdown game where he has, you know, uh, two rushing touchdowns and this incredible, you know, long touchdown pass. And everyone thinks he's the greatest quarterback ever in Indianapolis. And he comes out the next week and he has three interceptions in like the first you know, a quarter and a half and everyone tells me how terrible he is. So I think I'm ready to see how he handles all of that. And again, he's handled everything so far um, very maturely. He came out, I believe, might have been his first second press conference in rookie minicamp. And he's like, he comes up there, gets to the mic, he drops his head, and we're like, what the heck is going on with Andy Richard? Like, is he in a bad mood? And he raises his head and he goes, literally, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And we'll start <laughs> laughing, And we're like, and, and I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be like feeling all this pressure and under all this scrutiny. And he's kind of just like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here to work hard. I know it's going to take a lot of hard work. I'm going to make mistakes, but he embraces all of it. And so it's been exciting to see. And it's funny because at the combine, I asked him about being a project quarterback, which is like an inside joke here in Indianapolis. Oh my God. And he did not like the question. He repeated like four times at the combine. And so I finally asked the question and get it out there. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And everyone's like, oh, man, like, you kind of, you know, got off on the wrong foot. And then someone else asked him about being like a one-year starter. And he came back to me and he's like, well, this guy sent him a project. So I guess I got more to prove. And I was like, dang, like, I didn't say that. <laughs> and so when he got drafted here, the first thing I told him, like, when he came in for his first, like, you know, after uh, you know, I flew him in, had the press conference, like the first one in person, I said, hey, Anthony, I'm the guy who asked him to be a project at the, you know, the combine. And he's like, I remember. And the entire room just starts laughing or whatever. But he's a really cool dude. Like, it wasn't like one of those, I'm going to, like, hold this forever against you. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like this funny joke. And then he, I, and then I asked him a better question. I think just the wording was better. I was like, hey, man, I understand that you're extremely talented, but there are certain, you know, deficiencies. So how do you find that balance between I know I'm different, you've never seen anything like me before, obviously with this combine stuff, but mm-hmm. also have things I have to be better at. And he's like, you know what, I'm just chasing greatness. I got to work hard at it. I know I'm going to get scrutinized and I thought it was very mature for a guy who was 21 and is going to have to deal with all of it. And, and I, and I think that I even asked, uh, Courtney Cronin this who covers the Bears for ESPN. I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, how does Justin Fields handle this? She was like, you know what? He handles it like a pro, you know, even when it was mm-hmm. ugly last year, even when it was ugly during wow. his rookie year, you know, he always answered everything as a pro. And I think that's a, as big a factor as anything is how do you handle all of it? Because, you know, being great on the field is one thing. A lot of quarterbacks are great on the field, but like to be the true, franchise you know top five top ten guy in the league you got to be able to you know be a good leader and and a good you know keep a level head when all the you know the the criticism comes
1: well he's really had (laughs) when it comes to his character he's really only had positive things about him even all the way from uh, the combine because I think at the combine you remember there was the the story about him giving the pizza to the oh yeah the ho- homeless and then he helped cleaned up after that yeah. like one of the team meet the player meetings with people yeah. so and then now there's stories recently I think this week all about like how he's been staying out hours afterwards doing signatures with fans they yeah I got a video of that meeting.
2: man in my phone yeah. like crazy I didn't, I didn't even think it was like you know you're just in a moment you're like oh it's a cool moment he's signing autographs whatever and i posted it and it went like everywhere i woke up because the nfl like took the video and, and tagged me in it and so you know you wake up to a notification like at nfl and i'm like what the heck is this and it blew up everywhere and but it's it's funny because some people might look at him like oh like that's that one cool one he, he really has done that pretty much every time where and one of the fans was kind of mad they're like why would the team force him to leave? Because he can't sit there forever, man. He would. I think that he honestly would. But I want to say that particular day, and the reason I even had time to get it was because, you know, even after all the interviews, he was there for like 30 minutes signing every. He played, He had to have signed that day, like probably 100 autographs. This is like, and then also took probably like 10 selfies on all the phones and stuff. And they literally had to come over there and tell him, like, hey, bro, we got to go. Like, you got to, you know, you got to you debrief, know, <laughs> meet with the team, got to talk to your coach or whatever. And the guy's just out there all day. So I think that, again, there's probably been similar stories about Justin Fields. I saw a lot of his jersey here, you know, out here in in the Indy area when there was a joint practice going on. So I'm excited to see it. And, and again, I don't follow every team as much as I used to because when you're on a beat, you got to, like, focus on your team and you feel like you're in, like, this tunnel or this cave where it's just Colts. But peripherally, I'm always looking at, okay, what's happening in Philly, what's happening in Chicago, because these two quarterbacks are what Richardson could be, in my opinion. Right.
1: Good right. points. And we built so our model James- off of. Oh my bad! I was gonna say the last thing. We built our model off of you know the peripheral of the Eagles. If you right. saw what our GM did, it's like, hey, we saw this success with Hertz. Obviously, Hertz had a lot more you know things already foundationally there. Right. But the idea of like, hey, kind of build them up, throw talent, get rid of all the excuses, and kind of let them ball. So mm-hmm. I think every team does that, and all these GMs. So I'm not, I'm not surprised, and we definitely have our eyes on the Eagles to see if we kind of continue in the steps that they did to kind of get us to the promised land, exactly. hopefully. Sorry, Dave, yeah. go ahead.
0: So, James, I appreciate you joining us again. We'll let you go here in a minute. We've been here for a while, but um, oh, the running back room, JT, obviously, you know, he's a probably top – he's top five running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the Bears rushing attack, there's kind of like um, – mystery there we don't know exactly who's going to lead it probably herbert but who do, who do you think stuck out was it you know how did roshan johnson look the rookie just who stood out in that room just during those two joint practices if you were able to kind of catch any of them
2: yeah i think roshan showed showed something for sure but i think khalil is probably the most consistent guy out there um i'm mm-hmm. not saying he's gonna like you know be this wow factor every play but i thought he was consistent and i i don't know necessarily if you need like that true number one running back to be successful because in my opinion right. now it didn't help last year in Philly with Jalen Hurts but Shane, I actually asked Shane Steichen about this because he was the offensive coordinator in Philly before he came to the Colts. I was like do you like how do you view it? Do you think you need to have like that bell cow or can you do it by committee? And he's kind of like you know it helps when you have a guy you know you can turn to but it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have you know one guy. So I think whether it's Roshan or Khalil they they're able to produce the yards through their scheme rather than like the player if that makes sense like the scheme will get you the yards as long as these guys you know don't wait around their holes and make sure that they you know stay healthy and things like that so um i didn't see like very much from either because i wasn't paying too much attention to him but i do think that yeah as i saw roshan he looked good you know looked exciting you know I mean, you're, you're just wondering like okay he's gonna have probably two or three this here where you're like man, man like, that looked really good but I do think that Khalil is probably going to be the more consistent guy where maybe it isn't all the wild plays, but they're the ones we look up at the end of the game. Like, OK, that really mattered. Like that, that third down catch or the third down run, you know, early in the second quarter or something like that.
1: Well, if you look at the shape of the, the way the NFL is going, like I think they want this. Committee because it means, you know, if you have a bell cow, you have to pay them. And right now they don't want to. Well, you guys actually know right <laughs> now you don't want to pay the bell cow. So, <laughs>
2: like, so they don't, now, man. I feel like I'm watching every day. Um, <laughs> the biggest reason why he's upset, or I would assume he's upset because he hasn't talked since June, is that they didn't offer him an extension. Like everyone's kind of been confused on that front where people are like, oh, you know, he just didn't accept an offer or he's demanding all this money. No, the Colts didn't even lowball him. They took the ball and went home. So I think that's why he's so upset. And I don't know where we're going to be with that. I read through the CBA where he has no leverage, in my opinion, like Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley, because those guys aren't under contract technically. You know, well, Saquon is now because he signed. But when you franchise tag, you're not necessarily under contract. So you can, like, miss training camp, preseason, don't get fined for anything. If you miss time with one year left on your rookie deal, they can fine you $40,000 a day. Right. And then you also have to play at least six games throughout this. I'm kind of paraphrasing it because it's easier to say it that way through the CBA. But a lot of people don't know this. You have to have like four accrued seasons to become a free agent or, or, or how it works is JT has three right now. So let's say everyone always throws this out there like, oh, he can just sit out and not play. he'll be free. No, if he sits out and doesn't honor his contract, basically what happens is his contract would freeze. It would go to the next year and then the Col- he would owe another still another full season to the Colts. So everyone who's saying, like, oh, he can hold out. He doesn't have to play for them anymore. He demanded a trade. The point is, if they don't want you to trade him, he has to show up to at least honor the contract and play at least six games, at least yeah. six, to be able to get free of that contract. And I read through it. I was like, oh, my gosh. The NFL is like the mafia. You oh, sign a oh, deal. Yeah. You are hooked oh, yeah. on that deal. Unless they want to cut you because you're old or you're injured or whatever, but you are not getting free. Of anything you put your signature on in the NFL because they basically own your rights for the next few years. And then the franchise tag, obviously, as we know, for yeah. his position group, hinders his ability to really like push the needle. Like people keep uh, comparing him to Michael Pippen Jr., for example. Pippen hasn't got an extension, but he doesn't care because he's a wide receiver. If he gets franchise tagged, it's going to be 20 million plus. Okay. And then honestly, it's better to be a top 30 ish receiver like him than to be a top five running back. You're going to get paid, you're going to get long some security, all those things. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think. For the Colts' sake, they hope they're going to be back playing this season for them and, and by week one. But, I mean, we're three weeks out right now, I feel like, and you just don't know what's going to happen and if he's going to, you know, dig in his heels and accept all the fines and the missed money. But um, it's a situation for sure and one that I'm sure um, a lot of the league will look at to see how it plays out. But um, JT has not smiled, I feel like, since. Um, I wouldn't either. Where's my yeah, money? it's mean, my money? It's tough. It's tough. But at the same time, I'm like, man, maybe you got to look in the mirror and be like, Hey, I have no way out, but to just play this contract you out, have a bounce back season and look pretty good. Cause to me, the one thing that's hurting him is that he didn't have a great season last year. So it's like, they can point to that and say, Hey, you were hurt. Is this a sign of what's to come. Come back this year, ball out. Even if you're not that happy to be here. And then at least next year they can franchise tag you or whatever. You can have more leverage to them. But right now, it feels like everything he's done is a year early. So we don't know. He's still listed as, um, you know, on the pup list. Physically unable to perform, got an ankle right. injury, but I mean, he had ankle surgery back in January, and we're seven yeah, months, months later. He, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. hasn't been around the team and he left. Okay. <laughs> traveling, traveling to Philly with joint practice next week, but I mean, is his first practice really going to be uh, a joint one with Philly in that defensive line? No. no. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It's interesting. But, it's really because
1: I don't know what these running backs are going to do because the CBA was just done what last year, two years ago,
2: and so the yeah, next one expire in twenty thirty.
1: Yeah, so you got a long time to so, figure. Yeah, I mean, good luck. Yeah. It is,
2: and then on top of that, I mean, we could talk to fullbacks. Maybe I'll do a story on that and reach out to some fullbacks that had their position dissolved because at this point, I almost feel like you want to get paid as a running back, you got to be like a Calvin Alvin Kamara or Christian yep. McCaffrey, where you're able Receiver. to. Basically masquerade as a running backslash receiver. And that's why probably why Debo yeah. Samuel doesn't want to be labeled as a running back. Because if you get that label, you're not gonna get paid. So um we'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, that's definitely outside of Anthony Richardson, that's topic number two here in Indy.
0: Rightfully so. Crazy. He I mean, he, he can help you win some games, especially with a rookie quarterback, you know. Um, yes. we'll see. Yes. <laughs> you need as many, we just <laughs> we'll talked see. about it. You as a Rick Corbett, you need as many weapons as possible.
2: I mean so, in our pick, and on, a damn with, good one with with two of the best athletes in the game on, on the field I mean come on man so it looks like it's looking And how's a your
1: good. and how's your cap situation is it really cuz again these
2: running backs And no, this man's
1: not going to be going against the he's not really going to yeah, take them much It's actually not crazy.
2: It's not crazy because unlike and I've said this all summer unlike you know Delvin Cook, who got cut the Vikings paid their quarterback the, the the Raiders they paid Jimmy G a bunch of money so Josh Jacobs was like man I can't get paid well they paid a quarterback same thing with Saquon Barkley they like New York pl- paid Daniel Jones the Colts haven't paid a quarterback yet he's on a rookie deal because so to me you know you don't from, if I was from a stri- strictly business standpoint I still probably wouldn't extend JT before I had to I would just franchise tag him next year and the year after and like that might dissolve our personal relationship but if you feel like it's really worth it to just make amends or whatever I think you just give him, you know, let's say 25 million guaranteed three years, 30 million or whatever it is, three years, 35 million. And by the time his contract is up, Richardson's contract is up. So you could decide then, okay, we're going to, is our quarterback, our guy, we're going to cash in with him. And then AJT, if you still want to be here, you got to take a a price cut or a discount, but they have not even done that for him. And which is, again, it's not wrong for the Colts to do that. It's what system has worked out in their favor But I do understand on both sides, like where that tension might be. So um, I'm not gonna get resolved anytime soon. But we'll see.
0: I think it's interesting with uh, JT because he's so productive, and kind of like David Montgomery. One of the biggest topics heading into you know this past offseason was, are we going to go ahead and get a deal done with Montgomery? He went to Detroit, but he went on three years, eighteen million, and it was eleven million guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, for a running back, he's getting more than some of the bigger names, Ezekiel Elliott. And yeah. now JT like JT can get that, you know, in yeah. my opinion, if not more. So and I've
2: had this and I gotta think about it more, but
0: uh uh-huh.
2: I'm almost at the point now with with running backs where maybe they shouldn't look at the franchise tag as such a bad thing because right. maybe that is your only big payday going forward if you're a top running back where you get because if you get franchise tags is guaranteed for that full year, and I believe next year the running back tag is projected to be like 13 million dollars like you said, you're not going to get $13 million guaranteed anywhere else or at least across multiple seasons. So it's almost like, you know, if you're, if you're, I guess, blessed enough to receive a franchise tag, it's better than nothing because if you don't get that, you're not going to get any money. I mean, you see all these guys, you know, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, like I said, others, um, even Tony Pollard had to re-sign on a, on a franchise tag. But it's one of those things where you're not going to get these huge contracts anymore. And even for Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, those deals were a couple years ago at this point. So it's not going to become, I don't think, a new trend. I mean, B. John Robinson is already showing like how great he can be. Maybe he can be the exception to the rule. But even then, like the Falcons could just look up and be like, well, we'll just franchise tag you. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it wasn't designed to do that. But I mean, it's not the NBA, man. The NFL, when they want you, they can really keep you there. And I think it's because. And, and maybe it's something that we might not even see in our lifetime or maybe when we're old and gray, but they, I think they would have to fight for not getting rid of the franchise tag, but, like, where you can't repeat it. Like, that's where it gets, like, yeah. problematic. Like, you can – I mean, if you're a running back, you can get franchise tag twice, and the, and, the run, and the team doesn't have to commit much money to you either time, and they own you for two years. And in Bijan Robinson's case, it, he's actually no, not – we have a worse spot than JT because JT was a second-round pick. First round because of all, we have that fifth round, um, fifth fifth year option. So yeah, they got you for fifth years dirt cheap. Then they can franchise tag you right after that for another year dirt cheap again. Right, and then after, I mean when Seven you're years. free, you're in your late twenties, and everyone says you're you're washed up, and you can't get paid. So right. it, it's a tough, it's a cold world. But, I'm but again, lost. you
1: got to wait till twenty thirty for that because that's all CBA stuff. So and
2: if you it, think these owners don't get that up, oh, paid? No. like no. no, they will fight like hell. And if hell freezes over, they will fight on the ice. Like it's not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's because it's not like the uh, because it's it's calculated based off like averages of the past years of that exactly. position, from, like that. That's why it's so low. It's not yep. like when Kirk Cousins did it in Washington, he right. got like hundred mil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. In that case, some of like a wide receiver franchise franchise tagged me twice. Okay, I'm getting thirty here, thirty here. Like exactly. I'm set. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. But with these guys, it's so cheap like well all the deals are cheap but it's like it's not the the risk is almost not worth the reward for those yeah. two years because exactly. now once you're out you're you're old and like you said there's the stereotype of oh he's got miles on him so now he's useless <laughs> though so I think it's gonna what it's gonna do though I think is we always see this like for the fullbacks it dissolved because what happens is at a younger age less people start playing fullback or these schemes there's less fullbacks in it so I think the, the running backs that we're going to start to see in about five to 10 years are going to be much different than what we see now. Yeah, we're going to see very much less of those, those Jonathan Taylors, those Derrick Henrys, those – well, you, you never see Derrick Henrys because that guy's an animal. But
2: oh my you're going
1: to see less of those, like, old-school-type runners, at least yeah. in my prediction. At some point, it'll probably make a cycle like fashion. It always comes back. That's just how, the, how yeah. they how these to yeah, I mean, work. But next couple of years, I don't think we're going to be seeing that stereotypical running back.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I live in Indiana, I covered high school football here for a while, a couple of years ago. And you know, if you go to some 1A school in the middle of nowhere, they're probably running the wing T still, and you got traditional yeah. running back. But I mean, it's I don't think the running back conversation is gonna change too much as far as that trickle down effect on people, are like oh, they're never gonna play running back. If your kid wasn't going to the NFL anyway. Relax. But at <laughs> the higher level things, you might you might start to see players, you know, either like you said, Ficky, like add that versatility to be a pass catcher out of the backfield or if you're really really athletic do you just move somewhere else and try to get paid as like a safety or as a wide receiver as a tight end, or something like that now I don't know um if how much we'll see but I do think it's conversation to be had and something that a lot of great athletes at one percent I want to say or that less than one percent they might have those conversations but for you know like I said the average high school player in Indiana don't worry about it yeah, yeah, we're, we're not, not
1: talking, talking to you.
2: To you yeah. yeah, you're not going to be Zeke or you're not going to be, you know, uh, JT or any of these people out here. It is fine. Like, your, your career will end up right after high school. You get a real job like me. It's all good.
1: <laughs> By the way, James, where are you at in Indiana? Because we're both in mean, from- Indianapolis. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I didn't know if you're yeah. like,
2: so, Palmer, no, no, no. I like- actually saw so I'm, I'm from Romeville, Illinois, and I got my first job covering high school sports in Northwest Indiana. So I covered, you know, from Gary. To Hammond, East Chicago, to Kankakee Valley, to Ok, real uh, North, North. And Porter yeah. County, Lake County. I was all over. And the region treated me very well. So, got a lot of love for that that place in this state for sure.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah. You said the region. Oh, region.
2: Yeah, man, yeah. the region okay. 219, yeah. man. Yeah. They, they my first shot in this. Did high school <laughs> for two and a half years there, and I loved it. I mean, I got lifetime friendships. Uh, at this point, a bunch of little brothers and sisters. and, and – coaches and mentors and I still go back whenever I can talk to the different teams. And it's funny because I have all them on social media. And so they'll like, you know, swipe up one of my stories every now and then and tell me like, Hey man, you, you talked to LeBron when you covered the Pacers and you talked to Steph Curry and you, you know, now you're talking to, you know, Fields and whoever else. And you were just talking to me two years ago. So hopefully it's like a bit of an inspiration for them to just dream big. Cause I'm like, I had no idea I would be here. Cause I was just back then. I thought I made it when I was in high school sports. And then now it's like, Oh, I guess there's more to it. So it's been very, very fun to be in this space. And I don't think it for granted at all. They make fun of me on the beat because I take pictures <laughs> everywhere and, like, I try to, like, remember where I'm at because you just never know if you're going to be back there again, right? Right. So definitely enjoy it because it is cool. Oh, yeah. Like, it's stressful at times. It's crazy. Like, you wish that, you know, you could be off and some of those chef um, notifications, if they're coach related. They might ruin <laughs> your day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we it a lot differently as a writer than as a fan, but right. it is fun to be here. And I mean, I haven't paid for a game and I don't know how long, so you got to work the games, but I mean, I can't complain too much.
1: Who's your favorite player that you, uh, at least in the current regime right now, like who do you love interviewing on the Colts?
2: Who do I love interviewing on the Colts? Uh, who's like, your favorite? Player Franklin linebacker. He set the single season tackles record last year, former seventh round pick that wrote a big story about him and his background grew up with his his mom and his grandma who died when he was in high school and got taken in by his aunt and basically beat every single odd you could possibly beat to get to the NFL. And um, he is as solid as they come. You know, win, lose, or draw. They did have a draw last year against Houston. That was my first (laughs) NFL game ever I covered with a tie. That was crazy. Um, Yeah, he's a solid dude. But, I mean, all of them, you you get to know them a lot better throughout the season. And, And you start to appreciate how much they put into it, like going into locker rooms after the game seeing the carnage. It's almost like, you know, like a, like a battlefield in a sense. Like, I'm not saying it's, you know, going off on a tour, but there is a certain level of violence you see because guys are banged up. And I, one thing I've learned and just picked up on is like, if the, even if the guys are like on the injury report, he's really hurt because by week two, everyone's hurt. Like everyone oh, yeah. is legitimately hurt. So if you're hurt enough to go on the injury report and if you're hurt enough to miss a game, you're really in pain because all of them, you know, play through a bunch of different stuff that doesn't you know always get reported. Cause there'll be times where I like Go back there and I'm like hey man like what's that you know stitch on your hand it's like oh like I you know it's about hand open you know I was doing the swim move or something like that you know whatever but it never came out in the injury report at all I mean we had a linebacker last year Bobby Okereke who's now on with the, the Giants he broke his finger during the game it was like a compound fracture where it came through the skin they went back there put it back and stitched it up and he kept playing and he looked at me like I was crazy for asking him that you know I was like hey it wasn't considered sitting down He's like I was just a finger I'm like just a finger like dude it was going the wrong way so again you gain appreciation for a lot and i'm sure it's the same way for the bears like when you see just how much you they put into it yeah and and i'm covering the 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 nfl as opposed to the nba because i've done both the nba you're going to four game losing streak it's not like the end of the world the nfl every game like every like like, guys don't rest there are no load management you're only resting if you've won you know 13 games you're like a lock for the number one seed or something like that. Guys play. So The Chiefs. And so Exactly. And then they put so much into every game. And even during the rough seasons, when they win, you hear all the music. It's like coming out of the locker room, guys, because they put a week of effort into this one, you know, three-hour window. And, and then and vice versa, when they lose, you can hear a pin drop, whether they're a good team or a bad team. So I like kind of like the highs and lows of riding the wave of all of that because you got to be crazy to play football and crazy to like really, really play through everything that they play through because it is not easy at all.
1: And that's why Fields was running for his goddamn life last year, because that man got folded like a lawn chair in so many games that he's like, please don't let anybody (laughs) touch my body. (laughs) Exactly. But I think he was running to not get injured. Like,
2: Hey, look, hey, you run faster than people chasing you, man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: man, (laughs) man, it works, so. Yep. And the most impressive thing with that last year is, like, he didn't complain one time. Like, he didn't throw his teammates under the bus. Um, Similar to, like, Anthony Richardson, just a high-character guy as far as just at the presser. You know, he's just a pro. And hopefully, you know, this year it kind of changes as far as just, you know, more exciting times and not running for his life. but James, I have one last question for you. AFC South, it's pretty open.
1: Y'all taking it? Could you see y'all taking it?
2: No, it's Jacksonville. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't think it's that wide open i think that jacksonville got better yeah I mean, they took a, a leap last year they out kevin really this year i mean if you ask any offense in the nfl if they can yeah. add a healthy 1400 yard receiver if they be better than last year they would be so i think that's their division to um lose and then i think the colts in my opinion they should be like third i don't know about them beating the titans definitely like the titans for whatever reason they just make the game ugly and just out bully them for whatever reason but Houston, on paper, does not have the same amount of talent as the Colts. So, unlike last year, you can't go winless against Houston. You can't tie Houston in week one and then have that Hail Mary, you know, <laughs> Lonnie Smith-kissed ball going to the end zone for a touchdown. You lose to them again. So, to me, I have them winning. I had them at 5-12 and 12 this year. And that's because no i are going to play Anthony Richardson a lot. And there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. At the most, I would say seven wins at the most. But – I don't think they're gonna be all that good this year. And um I'm excited to see what they do in Jacksonville because um that seems like a team that is, you know, they, they might have turned a corner where they have a guy, they have the coach, and as you all know, like once your guy becomes a guy and then he realizes it's himself, I feel like that's what the okay. Bears fans are probably praying for, right? Like you get a dude, it just changes the scale. Because yeah. I mean well, we Jacksonville, saw... Trevor Lawrence, he's not gonna feel like a I don't know if you would say he's like a top five quarterback, but that team they feel like when they go out with him every single game we're going to win because of him and that's what they obviously want to see
1: we saw that with last year because i think that was one of the biggest things with fields was rookie year it was like bro there's no confidence was there shouldn't be the man yeah. i mean he got beat to shit so and then and then last year we started to see that in the beginning the first four or five games were like ah. but right, then once we kind of started oh these guys can't catch me oh Okay, and you saw more swagger, more confidence, more morale to where obviously there's a lot more room to grow and whatnot. But I think that's helped shift like the culture of our team. And I think that will happen with Richardson, too. Like once it's like, oh, I got this now starting to click and we start to see big wins and things like that. The team is going to rally behind you. And that's why the quarterback position, as you mentioned in the beginning of the pod, right? The Colts have not been good without Andrew Luck. Peyton Manning it's true the Bears have not been good because we've never had anyone close to Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning so the quarterback position <laughs> yeah. is that important and so I think that's why we just spent an hour talking about exactly. the quarterback only so I hope <laughs> I'll definitely be watching Richardson this year it's exciting I hope you I hope he just goes crazy so
0: what are we, what are we so James we like to end uh you know whenever we have a guest on you're a Bears fan so it works out perfectly otherwise we would have <laughs> something else but since you are a Bears fan lifelong fan um, who is your all-time favorite Chicago Bears player and why?
2: Ooh, good question. Um, like I, said, I guess I had to take the fan hat off for a, a while now. And, again, it's easier because I, I, I love storytelling when I love sports, actually. So it's, it's been easy for me to kind of be pretty loose. Yeah. My fans. My family will, like, text me about him, And I'm like, ah, I can't really watch them right now. I'm, I'm locked in on my team covering them, being the best writer I can be. But I would say for my childhood fandom, it was Devin Hester. Let's go. Just, I felt like – Let's go. And I, I will say this. Maybe I, I feel like a fan now, but like he's a Hall of Famer in my eyes. I mean, oh, yeah. game should have been
0: first ballot, man. And
2: yeah, mm-hmm. and, and to me, and it's funny because I've told this story so many times here in Indianapolis. I'm like, man, I thought when Devin Hester ran the opening kickoff back in the Super Bowl that that, was, that was destiny. Like I was like, I know they're a better team, but God has on like a Jesus has on a <laughs> Bears jersey today. And then when great <laughs> hey, man do that pick. On their opening drive, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, oh, we're cooking with gas Locked now. Locked in, you yeah. And, James, you, know,
1: you forgot we had uh, two words. You forgot at quarterback, cool. we had a guy, Sexy Rexy. Like, so yeah, I, but I you mean, forgot about that,
2: that. That season had to be one of the most fun as a fan oh, yeah. because they were never supposed to go that far, but they won in such crazy ways. And basically, Devin Hester was part of the offense. Yep. Like, you could just pencil him in. For a touchdown like every other game, and sometimes multiple times in a game. So he's my favorite yeah, player, and I, and I think that he was uh someone who was just really, really, really good. And I guess my uh, my, my sleeper pick, not a favorite, but someone I, I thought would be really good for a long time. He got an unfortunate injury. Was Johnny Knox? Like Johnny yeah. Knox a lot? He was he was fun, man. He added like a certain deep threat element, big playability. I thought he's gonna be like the next Deshaun, you know, Jackson or something like that unfortunate for him but that was those are from some fun years man no that was that was that was the glory days for me like i'm a bears fan not because of what happened before i was born it was because of that that area yeah, where i really Same. Like, was saying, so um
1: i think johnny knox is the how the bulls feel about d rose you know what i mean yeah, that's like yeah. your love piece. is like man if your knees weren't made of glass <laughs> yeah. like you I mean, to have a statue yeah. for you now i love unique, johnny knox too
2: it's been a unique uh this journey because I, you know, I grew up as a Bears fan watching Lovey Smith, right? And then I went to University of Illinois and I ended up covering Lovey Smith as like a student reporter. So I saw him as a head coach and got to meet him. And I'm like, wow, like this guy was in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And then fast forward to last year, I'm like, there's Lovey Smith again. The reason the Bears are gonna get them one pick. And so it just goes like full circle, I guess, in this business. But it definitely, get away uh, from him. yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think <laughs> that Devin Hester definitely. You know, that's a guy who defines my childhood. Like, I would go crazy with him and Madden for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Boy, I think it's in the, the crazy – He's got 100, year.
2: right? What, what is he, like 100? I was like, he was yeah, 100.
1: only player. Only player what? in Madden history to have 100. special,
2: man, special. Him it's and Fick right.
1: are like the most OP players. Right, in
2: right. <laughs>
1: history, so
0: so I, I think we're on a three-episode streak right now of every guest. Kyle Brand was on last. Um, And then who was the last one, Fick or – before that, oh, anyways, crap. three episode streak of each oh, Rob, person saying Rob Devin one. Hester. Yeah, Devin Hester's been the pick as far as all time favorites. Which and it's I ours. Mean, too. Oh yeah, easy first ballot.
1: Easily, how are you you can't be the oh. best at Should've your been. position in NFL history. You can't be the best at your position in NFL history and not make the Hall of Fame. That makes zero sense. That's the whole point of the Hall of Fame. You're literally the, not like, oh, second best. No, you are number and one. And we're
2: not going to see anything like it again because of the rule changes now. Exactly. Cuts and all exactly. that. So he, I mean, I still remember when he caught it, like, pretended to walk and just took off in the end zone. And I remember thinking, like, this guy's nuts. And it was 100 yards later, end zone. Like, he. Is, about that field goal miss where he just kind of. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was.
0: Or when he would just be dancing back there, soldier boy, crank that, you know, just I
2: mean, and just go yep. nuts. So if you look at his like Miami highlights and his bears highlights, Oh my gosh. His He's,
0: Miami
1: ones are crazy too. Yeah. People forget about that. His pump. I think he had crazier pump returns yep. in Miami. Cause he had yep. plays where he ran back like 30 yards. Yep, Just jud, yeah. jud, 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 and then, Gone, see ya.
2: Different type, crazy of, day, man. Different type of crazy
1: talent, crazy talent.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, James, uh, before we let you go, where can we find you, man? I know you're on the athletic, or do you, you have a podcast? You plug your stuff real quick for us,
2: yeah. So, we have a podcast called One Better, it's going to get changed to upper quartile. One okay. better was with Frank Reich, the former uh Colts coach, coach. We had to change the name over, but you can still find it at one percent better at all podcast platforms. Obviously, my writing at the athletic. Um, follow me at Romeoville yeah. Kid on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I try to do like clips of like my day sometimes which is doing yeah. well some people like that kind of stuff maybe this year I'll finally like sit down to do a voiceover and kind of explain what I'm doing but just stay tuned if you ever want to see like what it's like to be a reporter how we go into the games what the food is like you know during the games halftime um only time you can't film really is in the locker room because you might see something you can't put on TV, um, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> going around, but
1: yeah, yeah you want to be Ant, uh, Antonio Brown over there. Yeah,
2: no, so. nah, don't, don't don't want that to happen. But I do think it, it's a nice little behind the scenes on that front, just kind of see what a day in life is like. You know how early you got to get there, um, where you go in at. You know, going down to the field at the field level, seeing it from our point of view, those types of things. So, if you want to see something like that, check out my page. But yeah, man, they me on. It was fun to kind of go down memory lane a little bit and put the fan back hat back on. So um I don't know if it ever really leaves you, but like I said, it, it's fun to be in a space where you're constantly talking about you know what you really enjoy.
1: Uh one last question and be quick. Do you are you then do you consider like the fan hats off, but when you're reporting for that team, I almost feel like you maybe took your personal fan hat off but now you almost build a new fan hat like it's it's kind of hard no, to not I actually know. don't yeah it was
2: pretty easy for me when I I mean I've been five years into it now as a, as a professional writer and I think uh and, and this is my going into my third years as on like a pro beat um it's pretty easy man I, I, I like I said I love storytelling more than I love anything else so and, and to me the best stories are always the ones where like sports is kind of the backdrop you got to get get into a guy's life. You kind of figure out where they come from, who they are, that sort of thing. So it wasn't hard for me. It's not hard now. Um, Even like, for example, I'm not checking every week to what the Bears did. It's just not what I've um, been accustomed to, but it is, you know, again, um, if it's like them or somebody else, I probably turn them on because I'm more interested in like what's happening in my hometown or my home state. Um, But yeah, it's not like a, I'm rooting for anybody you root for like your story. So you hope for, you know, quick games, a lot of running. You know, get out of the, get out of the, the, the stadium on time. Those sorts of things. And um, you I, you, know, you root for the, the person, which makes it Got easy. Because I tell you every single time I, I sit down for like a Super Bowl or a big college football playoff game, they tell you about some kid's backstory. I'm like, okay, I root for them. And they tell you somebody else on the other side who has some crazy story. I'm like, dang, I root for him too. So it, 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 in that in that point, I guess I root for everybody to be successful. But from teams, it's like nah, it's pretty easy to turn it off, man. And it, 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 I guess it, the good part is like my outlet is probably like you know the NBA or other sports where you can be a little more um, I guess less professional because I do have to watch what you say because it's like if you ever end up covering this team with this player. You right. know, you don't want to like you know be able to like
1: burn bridge fan. before you get there. Exactly, you know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Google your name or search your name on Twitter and, and that a certain player's name and you like, saying this guy's trash. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> um Yeah, man, it's been fun. Yeah, and leave, I got, leave you know, that
1: to us. Leave that to us, James. We'll do we'll pull that in for you. <laughs> I
2: mean, it, it, it's crazy. Like, if I ever switch teams, I, I know for a fact whatever the best players on that team, I will search my Twitter to make sure that y'all don't get those uh those, <laughs> those, those uh, receipts from me at all.
0: <laughs> facts, facts. That's awesome. Well, James, man, we appreciate you hopping in here, talking, you know, just ball with us. Um, Again, we'll have all your links here in the description. Uh, we'll have to have you on again, maybe in the, you know, when the Bears Colts Super Bowl later this year. So um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You take care. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Oh, man, I can't go through another right.
1: Super Bowl. I'm
0: sorry. I can't. Hey, no, I, I was just joking. That's probably not going to happen, <laughs> at least not for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but thank you to James yeah. again, hopping on, you know, talking ball with us and a lot of great insight uh, just from the joint practices. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. If you guys like this content, um, again, we just want to drop it. Like the video if you haven't already. Um, subscribe to the channel if you want to you know, see more content as the season's here. We're about a couple weeks out from week one. Um, we're super, super excited. Of course, we have our partnership recently here with, you know, sports mockery that we're very, very, um, just excited to be a part of, um, they're a great, great company, great platform. Um, so go ahead and check out them at sportsmockery.com. Vicky, man, anything else before we head out of here? No, that was great. I love
1: when we talk, like you, the time just goes by and you don't realize we've been talking for an hour. Cause it's just like a yeah. great conversation, a lot of great tidbits. And I'm, I'm really I try not to compare like every black quarterback to Justin Fields, but if there's one that is pretty close, you know what I mean? It's Anthony Richardson. And so I want to, I kind of want to see how we already know how we handled fields. I kind of want to see how the Colts handled.
0: They're already you know, doing it better.
1: <laughs> right so it'll be interesting to see you know what the results may be obviously they're two different people so two different work ethics things like that there's a lot of variables that go into it but at least from a high level it's kind of something i'm going to have my eye on especially since we don't have to worry about playing them or anything i can kind of like have a side team to root for so it should be fun
0: yeah absolutely um so we have, uh, we'll go ahead and check the chat if you guys have any questions for us that you'd like oh, us yeah, to answer do. just before we go um we'll answer up. a couple more and uh here's if the you first have one
1: move. Here's the first one from Philip. It was earlier in the show. He said, Hey guys, great show. Uh, Would you guys play the starters next week? And for how long? And if you don't mind, I'll hop in on this one because I, uh, I can't remember a reporter was talking about what typically happens with the joint practices is because they get the two, if the two practices are good. And Fluse even talked about this. He said, it's basically like two preseason games. So when they have the joint practices, a lot of times you don't see the starters in the second game or whenever that joint practice was. But in the third game, what they'll do is they'll extend the time that they normally, since they missed the second one, they'll have them play longer in the third game. So my, I'd say it's a guess because I'm not in the room, right? I would assume that Fields probably plays a couple drives, maybe goes into the second quarter, things like that, into the the third final preseason game. But again, I don't need him playing more than a half. Like, let's get you ready for week one. That game is way more important. Dave, what's your thoughts on that?
0: No, I mean, week three... You have to play Justin Fields next week, um, at least a few quarter, or at least a few you know drives. You Correct. can't go into the Green Bay Week One, such an important game. Um, you have to win this one, and I don't want to hit you know. As far as rust goes, if you're rusty, you know through two quarters against the Packers, it could be you might not be able to be, you know make that up. So, for me, I don't need much, but get the offense out there, a drive or two. Um, if you want to play him a quarter, I mean that's great too. But just at least have some reps. You can't go two and a half weeks without having really anything else besides that joint practice because everyone sat last you know last night you had justin fields and you know dj moore laughing it up and then but i mean even justin kind of looked bored you know looked like he wanted to get in the game <laughs> when yesterday. he was tossing that football He's just tossing the football <laughs> up and i would be bored like that them, so I yeah I, I would be concerned if they didn't play at all next week but um i have no doubt that they'll probably at least get a couple drives in so what else cool, we got cool
1: thinking? and then uh we have another one here from jay capone the don he said why is everyone down on jervon the man is getting constant pressure just off his raw talent like people uh i don't off his raw talent, like people just love to box score watch. Yes, people do box score watch. Let's be fair, he is a rookie. So I don't know. I think sometimes we just we we want results fast, I think as humans. So when these rookies come in, we're like, Oh, why aren't you balling out yet? Because we see people like you know, we see the outliers of like a Jefferson, a Jamar Chase, like some of these, some of the uh, like a Miles Garrett, they come in and just automatically dominate as a rookie, but in reality, most rookies do. Move. It's a transition position to go from college to the NFL. So, you know, I just want to see growth. I think, you know, he's still getting a low high on his pad level, right? But, you know, we're seeing some good plays. So I say let's just watch through the year, see how he looks, because a great example that we can actually look at was Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon did not come out good last year. He did not. And his, you know, his first couple of games, we're talking about like, oh, my God, did polls miss on Kyle Gordon? Oh, my God. And look at where he's at now. Now he's the talk of the town. Like, oh, Kyler is such a great find. Well, it took him a minute to get there. So if we take that same perspective with some of these rookies and go, hey, let's just give him time. Let's see what happens. I feel like you'll that perspective will keep you like not freaking out over like, why isn't Jerron Dexter giving me eight sacks a season? You know what I mean? So that's my perspective on it. Anyways, Dave, how do you feel? Oh, you're on mute. You're on mute.
0: Let me, um, let me unmute myself um, here, but <laughs> all as good. far as Dexter, it, it really is, you know, you want instant, you know, results. You, it's the preseason. It's going to take time there. He was always going to be a project for the most part. Um, last night, I mean, he played in a total, let me see here. He had what? 28 total snaps. You know, that's not yeah, a not lot. Much. You have to get in a rhythm here. He, he I think he's going to be fine at the end of the day. Um, you got to give these guys some time, you know, to get accustomed to just the NFL level. Um, is he going to be an instant impact player, um, week one? Probably not. But to see him, maybe week nine, week ten, you want to see results by then, especially if he's getting, you know, an, uh, you know, more than twenty nine snaps um, in a game. So, I mean, for me, again, I'm not worried at all. You just got to take the good and, and, you know, and obviously just kind of enjoy the process. Now, again, yep. week nine's here, and we're like, where is he? We haven't seen him. That's a different story. You know, you want to see at least some you know, highlight some, you know, progress. And so the
1: potential I'm I'm not through. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not worried. Yeah,
1: it's again, it's preseason. We can't get too high or too low because we don't know. I mean, a lot of these guys are learning new stuff that they have never learned before. Like the coaching level. I don't think people understand, like unless it's Sabin, Alabama, like some of these top dogs, the coaching level differences from the NFL to college is remarkable. So these people are really coming in with the blank slate and being like, oh, I gotta learn this all over again. We look at Fields, right? Fields had to relearn his his drop back and then switching feet and things like that. So there's a lot that really goes into it. So I could see how you know you got to give these people time to really soak it in and make change because it's not an right. easy process. So
0: right. Anyways, Figgy, anything else, man? Any other questions? No, I think that's
1: I think that is it.
0: Yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone that kind of tuned in. We had a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of good, um, you know, chats um, that we kind of shared throughout the show. We hope you guys enjoyed kind of just seeing a different perspective, you know, from the Colts side, as far as joint practices go, I thought he was very level-headed, you know, gave some good insight on just not just Justin Fields, but the entire team. I loved it, you know, you know, how he kind of looked at Stevenson. We kind of seen that last, (laughs) last night, as far as his physicality and his aggressiveness, you know, with that late, you know, penalty, but like I said, we're excited. I think I'm just ready for the football season to be here, ready for week one, meaningful football where we get to kind of you know watch over every snap. Uh but again, if you like the content, if you like the video, just go ahead and make sure to leave a like. Um Vicky, I think we'll be back next week, early next week, maybe Tuesday. Yeah. Uh maybe do some film review, all twenty-two, you know, some Tyson Ban be- uh Tyson again. Beijent. Be- be- I think it's Beijent. I'm have to Bejent. double check. Yeah, yeah Tyson Beijent. Kind of look at him, see, you know, his some snaps from Roshan Johnson, who looked amazing, um, which is crazy. I was looking through some of these in-depth stats with Roshan Johnson because I was like, man, he's had a pretty phenomenal uh, preseason, in my opinion. It looks like David Montgomery, just a little bit faster, kind of talked about that. But he had 75 yards after contact, fourth most in the preseason already. um, And he had six forced missed tackles, which is second most in the preseason. And it's unlimited snaps. I mean, obviously, he's playing a little bit more than, you know, Herbert, but at the same time, he's, I think it was only 20 something snaps last night. Yeah, he He's so able to long. produce. So very excited with that and that development. So we have a lot to go over as far as just the all 22 uh, factor and, you know, see everything from a different angle. It's something we enjoy doing. Um, as far as the guests, we'll try and see if we can get Rob back on. If not, we'll have someone that is. You know, in the weeds as far as you know. If not, we'll figure it out. Yeah, if not, we're all growing, you know, together. So we'll, we'll be excited. But Vicky, anything else before we go, man?
1: Nah, man, I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: Every every you every know. episode,
1: we're just closer and closer to week one. So oh, I'm
0: excited, man. Uh, like I said, I we're, we're reacting to you know practices and preseason games. It's fun, at least maybe for oh. the first you know couple weeks. But it's up. Like, and can we get to Green Bay? I want I want to know how we start the season. I want to react and kind of have that you know that real passion come out you know especially post game pods and everything like that oh, that's but again everyone that showed in you know watched the you know the pod today we appreciate it um and we'll catch you next week um probably tuesday if not a little earlier um but we'll 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 see you then peace